This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing, now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG 13. And now another episode of Mind Escape with Michael and Maurice. Take it away, Michael. All right, folks, welcome back to Mike and Maurice's Mind Escape. We have episode, I believe it's 104 today. Uh, We're going to be talking about UFO research with Chris Wolford. Uh, You can check out Chris on uh, Twitter. He's pretty active. We'll put the link below the video. And... um, Thanks for coming on, Chris. What's going on? Not a problem. Thank you guys for having me. For sure, for sure. So, yeah, I saw that you were from the Detroit area. Same thing with us. And uh, you're a big Red Wings fan, which I like. Uh, Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, I uh, reached out to you because I see you're pretty active in the UFO community. And uh, you've always got something to say about different stuff. And you do your own research and and, uh, all that. So... Uh, I thought, why not get him on the show and have a little bit of a uh, UFO week since we had Bruce on a couple days ago. So um, I want to start with this. What do you think, or actually, actually, let's start with this. Why don't you give us the backstory about how you got into this, uh, what you know made you interested in the topic, and then how it's evolved from there. All right. Well, let's go back in time to 1984. When Chris was a four-year-old boy, uh, and basically I had what now most people would consider the abduction experience, but it took me 34 years to get to that point to realize, for me, that's what took place. Because for those 34 years, I didn't know what to do with it. I had memories. They were waking memories. This is not regression. This is not dreaming this was full-on memories that I just sat on uh, for a many, many, many of years. And it wasn't until 2014 before I really took it seriously. And I got back into the UFO subject for, I would say, five or six years of my life. I'm 40 now, just turned 40. I just didn't really care about it. So, I don't know, whatever, 24 backwards, six five years i just didn't care about what was going on mm-hmm. um and then suddenly something triggered inside me and i was like i want to know what happened to me and, i mean not exactly but as close as i can get to the truth and or to figure out what took place and what took place was basically i'm at my grandmother's house i would spend numerous weekends there or even weeks on end in the thumb of Michigan and my grandmother's. So by like Saginaw or, uh, Seabuing. it's a, it's a small town, 
uh, near Saginaw. It's about an hour away okay. from Saginaw. Um, and I would stay up there and, uh, that night I'm at her house. They didn't have a room for me. So I just slept in the same bed with her. I mean, this is the eighties, so it's not a big, big deal. Probably now people would say it was weird, but whatever. <laughs> um, yeah. So, uh, I'm sleeping in the same bed as my grandma and I just get this notion to wake up and to look directly her door it was open at that time. You look straight out and there's a big bay window through the uh, uh, living room. And I saw now what would be considered like an Elon Musk rocket landing in reverse by where the barn would be. And that's maybe where the bedroom is to the barn is maybe 150 yards. Is that super far away? And this thing, I, I didn't know what to do with it. It was like, four years old, five years old. I don't exactly know. I, I narrowed it down to that time frame uh, for uh, research uh, into what the entities or whatever these beings looked like. Um, there's a uh, researcher, Albert Rosales, who writes about humanoid or alien encounters in the book from 1980 to 1984. On the left-hand side, there's a cute color gray not a Whitley Strieber gray, but like a cute and cuddly gray mm-hmm. that that's exactly what I interacted with. And this rocket landed in reverse, didn't know what to think. And the next thing I know before I could even be like, Hey grandma, what the heck is that? They're already in her room. There's three of them. The next memory I have, I'm outside um, near where she would dry her clothes outside because she didn't have a dryer that, you know, this is people in the country. So they dry their clothes outside on a clothesline and I'm being, I feel like I'm walking, but I'm not feeling the ground. I'm being floated around the house to the other side where there's a cornfield on that right hand side of the house. Mm-hmm. And out of the corn comes a six or seven foot tall, mean looking Whitley street communion gray and during that same time owls are hooting in the background don't know anything like I, I don't have a memory of being on the ship don't remember it and the next thing i remember is i'm back in my grandmother's room and i'm watching that same elon musk like rocket or whatever the hell it was take back off and then thinking really what happened but really not like freaking out about it. wasn't scared when it took back and off did it did it shoot off like a rocket or did it just like kind of lift it off? slowly lifted off and just just took off and there was no sound it just mm-hmm. it just i again i know it sounds weird but the the research that i've done the more weirder i tend to believe the people if if it was just a, a black triangle not to say i'm knocking on people who see black triangles but the weirder is for me I tend to believe it because why would somebody make up some weird stuff about their experience and want to post that on, on like a, 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 like a YouTube channel or or just put it out there for public consumption? Because I, I definitely have not gained from being an experiencer. You know, I, mm-hmm. it's not something that I'm going to sit here and say that it was awesome and I would love for it to happen again. Hell no. Well, that's the um, uh, that's the old thing though is like we all want to know is there life out there or are there aliens or are grays real or this or that yeah. we all want to know that but if one were to walk in the room right now i think everybody would take a dump in their pants it's not something that uh um something about that archetype that speaks to 
Um, there's something scary about it. I don't even know if it's scary. Like I don't, you know, if I saw an alien movie that had a realistic gray, I wouldn't be like, Oh, I'm going to have nightmares now or anything like that. But just to think about an actual alien presence walking into the room or even having some sort of contact with you, or even if you were to look out your window, what's that movie? Um, Signs. At, at, yeah, M. Night Shyamalan, where they're yeah. at like a party and they look out the window and they see this thing yeah. almost like Bigfoot walk across the the alley and it looks at them. Something like that. Like that's pretty creepy. So as much as we all want to know, is there life? Is this real? If that were yeah. to actually, can we handle it? If that were to actually happen, I think it would cause some. People... And I didn't. And I didn't handle it. Like I, I think I handled it initially, but after a while, things got weird. I, when I went back to my house, we lived in Milford, Commerce Township at the time. Uh-huh. I was definitely afraid to be in my bedroom alone, mm-hmm. daylight and or at night. My parents were like, well, why? And I mm-hmm. was like, I couldn't give them a reason. I didn't know why. Then my dad, he was always into, and I'm not, and I always have a debate internally. And I've asked other people, other researchers, and they kind of, they don't think that's the case, but like my dad, he was into the subject, but he wasn't as much as I am now. Okay. And he was aware of UFOs and like he saw the Kecksburg thing fly over Detroit back in 65 or 64, whenever it happened. Uh, he remembers that he had his own experience uh, later in the eighties. Uh, but this was like five or six years before that. So, uh, I don't think it was an artifact of, you know, my dad imprinting on me. I don't think that, uh-huh. uh, even to this day, because of all the other stuff I've learned, uh, from various researchers and from other people that it kind of validates to my event was real. It did, it did take place. I really care whether anybody believes me or not. I don't care. I know what happened to me. I, again, these are waking memories this is not a dream this is not me being under uh, regression or hypnosis and remembering this stuff this is me these are my memories uh the key thing though and i I think it was 2014 or 2015 joshua cutchin wrote a book about uh the brimstone deceit uh how the paranormal and smell plays an integral role in the paranormal and when i was on my grandmother's side of the house where it was the cornfield I could smell the earth. Like you can't, when you grow up on a farm and I've talked to a lot of people about this, when you grow up on a farm, you know what that earth smells like, mm-hmm. you know, you know what a farm smells like. I could smell that when I was being floated around and I saw that nasty looking gray flash forward to when, uh, my dad thought it was a great idea to take me at, uh, to the Royal Oak main art theater and see communion when it came out. It like it, it amplified things to the point where I was definitely afraid, even during the day, to be at home, even with my parents being home. I just I couldn't take it. Like I thought I was going to be taking it every single second, and I couldn't figure out why there was this fear of. Yeah, it's a movie. At that age, I was ten years old, I believe. I, I knew what was real. That's a movie. That's not real. I mean, I I get maybe not every ten year old like that, but I had a real fear like a real fear like something was going to happen and then like i said it took me till i was 34 before i really dealt with this situation i talked to other researchers about one being mike cleland the owl guy who deals with experiencers and how they relate to owls 
And um, he found out that I had a open heart surgery when I was less than a month old. He found that very interesting because he had had other experiencers who've had birth defects. And for whatever reason, the others, that's what I call them. I'm not going to sit there and say they're aliens because I don't know. They didn't mm-hmm. tell me. Nobody talked to me. Like, whatever I interacted with never said a word. It just kind of just, they presented themselves in the room. They took me out or floated me out or whatever. Never said a word. And the only time the phenomenon has ever talked to me or talked to me was right before I went to a MUFON, Michigan MUFON conference. It was for the 2016 conference in March. I go to go out the, my front door of my house here in Macomb, and all of a sudden I get stopped. And a voice enters my head that's not my own and says, if you go to this conference, we will no longer interact with you. Mm-hmm. And I kind of was just like, that's weird. Kind of shrugged it off, went to the conference anyway. And then when I got to the conference, I was like, holy crap, I, I haven't had contact with whatever this was for a long time. That was really crazy. And I was like, well, what do I do? I can't just tell Grant Cameron, who's at this conference, oh, by the way, before I came here, some aliens talked to me. Is that, I mean, that's going to look really stupid on my end Mm. because I'm going to look like a fool. But then years later when I was on his radio show, he's like, well, Chris, why didn't you tell me? That makes perfect sense. I've had experiences tell me that before. I'm like, that is crazy and kind of freaky at the same time that you've had other people tell you they've had similar experiences. So that abduction or whatever experience that was that was my main one i had another one in 92 and then 93 but i also had this memory in the 80s that i don't know what to do with uh i'll before i jump ahead to the 90s we'll go back to the 80s i remember distinctly in the 80s being at the house in milford slash commerce township and a helicopter was at treetop level harassing me while I was playing. I went inside to tell my mom. I said, Mom, there's a helicopter harassing me. Like, I could see the pilot. She's like, what are you talking about, Chris? There's no helicopter. I didn't see any helicopter, let alone did I hear one. And then the more I talked to experiencers and other researchers, that's a commonality, too, that they've had interactions with whatever this is, this non-human intelligence, what do you mean, though, posed, like harassing? Do you like it, like following you almost like uh, w- like what was happening was, to Henry Hill and Goodfellas or something like that? Or no, it was like um, it was at treetop level. I mean, helicopters don't fly that. No, low. I know. Yeah, that's pretty low. Yeah. And for a young boy, that's kind of a freak out. I mean, you're playing in your front yard and this thing's hovering. And I remember distinctly looking at that pilot. And he looked so cold, like his stare looked so cold and so lifeless. And I ran inside of the house and told my mom, and she's like, what are you talking about? There's no helicopter. Now, one, you could say that's an overactive imagination. Uh-huh. I'll give you that. But <clears throat> when you talk to other researchers or other experiencers, which I've had, helicopters harassing experiencers comes up. Time and time and time again. Why? I do not know. So either A, it was a genuine helicopter, or B, it was something else posing as a helicopter. Mm. And I'm leaning towards that. But I again, I don't know. So let's go forward to the 90s. 92, 
I went with my family to Sanibel Island for a vacation during spring break. And my dad and I and my mom, uh, my mom's friends, uh, and a few other people, about 12 people all together, saw three orange orbs doing maneuvers like what we would now consider the tic-tac, like moving crazy like way. Like 90 degree, super fast. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, mind Darting back and very, forth. This is at the tail end of Gulf Breeze. If you draw a line from San Albano Island and where we were looking, it'd go right into Pensacola, Florida. So okay. t- to me, that was like, wow. But then later on, I, I'm i not a big fan of MUFON, but I did uh, join for one year just to get their newsletter, their magazine. And in one of the uh, newsletters from 2015 or 2016, a person near Sanibel Island took a photo exactly what I saw back in 1992. I was like, holy shit, that's crazy. And I remember the doctor that was with us at the time, he kept saying it's a boat mast. I'm like, dude, there's no way it's a boat mast. I was 12 years old at that time. My dad was like, there's no way. That's too high up. Why would it be a boat mast? That doesn't make any sense to make. He's like, well, it was bobbing in the water. We're just confused. I'm like, okay, whatever. Hmm. So we left that. Like, I didn't know what to do with that. And then 93... I'm walking to my bus stop in middle school, for middle school, and I get this feeling that I'm being watched. So I turn around, I look, and lo and behold, there's a Bob Lazar sport model, clear as day, lights glistening off of it, and as soon as I say, oh my God, it blinks out and it's gone. Hmm. And that's it. I haven't had any other occurrences since 2016, so... Um, now when you look at these experiences, obviously they're personal experiences and you feel, mm -hmm. um, that what you experienced is nuts and bolts, somehow consciousness related. What did you think was going on with, or were there different takes on different, different experiences or what did you think was going on with some of your experiences? I I mean, I'm open to the consciousness stuff, but. I've never like gotten a download, you know, so to speak, like a Grant Cameron download. I will say though, like for research, it's weird where I'll just open a book, a UFO book or a book that's related to the topic and I'll just open it up and it'll be a page that is like super interesting. Right. And it's weird. It always like, I can never explain or articulate what I'm trying to say. It's so, so weird. Like a synchronicity. synchronicity Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, you could say that. Uh, I'm not going to argue against that. That's a possibility. Um, It's just weird as as to when I'm doing or going down the the right path, I'll say. Those doors open up. Mm -hmm. But the minute that I go in a different direction or I try to just read the book from front to back, things shut down, and it's just like they're – information flow just comes to a trickle and or nothing at all it's so weird yeah i cannot explain it so you obviously do research now too you're fascinated with the topic you've had your own experiences what what interests you the most um when it comes to ufo research currently or a topic that you find most interesting 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I honestly love the government secrecy stuff. I just, I eat it up. I love it. Um, it's kind of my bread and butter. Uh, oh, yeah, it's, it's giving some validation to... Yeah, I mean, really, it, to me, um, if you don't at least acknowledge that part, then you're doing a disservice to yourself. Mm-hmm. But again, there is no right or wrong way. I'm not going to tell you that you cannot not learn about the aspects because I know there's some people that are totally turned off by that because they think the government will never come clean, which I would argue they probably won't come clean. But I think there is a softening of stance from somebody high up because obviously what's taking place over the last two, three years now is unbelievable. And for people to sit there and say, this has all been done before they are just lying them to the lying to themselves because this has never been done before. So you're sitting there and telling me that the U.S. government released three videos prior to this. I don't think so. Right. You know, I don't. I mean, we don't have Louis Elizondo come out in the '90s and say, "Oh, by the way, I ran this, you know, secret UFO program." We didn't have that. We were in the dark. We were spinning our wheels. Actually, you know, I'm going to be unapologetic here. To the stars has been the best thing for the UFO community, bar none, because at least it jumper-cabled our friggin' community. It made us get up off our ass and do something. Right, all press is good press in a sense. Well, I don't, but I don't understand um, the people that hate on it. Look, I don't have any allegiances when it comes to this stuff. I'm out for truth and for knowledge, Mm -hmm. wherever that takes me. And um, I, you're right, I think that, bringing these things up more often and the fact that TTSA is always in the news and always stuff on Twitter and always it's, it's, you got to keep the ball rolling if you want any sort of momentum to happen. So I think you're right in that regard. And I don't really understand the detractors other than maybe some jealous people that have been doing it for a while, or maybe people that feel like their narrative's better. Why not me? Poor me. That whole like Exactly. Uh, that kind of mentality. But in reality, um, if you're truly interested in this stuff and you want the best thing for it, it would be to get as much information out there and just let people decide for themselves. Um, exactly. I will say this, though. I'm always hesitant when it comes to anything having to do with all this stuff. Uh, like I said, I don't have any allegiances. I'm not a fanboy of any one person or group. I think mm-hmm. you know, I do like a lot of... Uh, Jacques Fillet's work and I like the kind of stuff, you know, like the Hal Putoff kind of stuff and all, all that. Mm-hmm. Um, however, uh, I'm open to, you know, other things as well. The, the problem I have is, is people taking one or two people and saying this person's right or this person's right. When we're still on the precipice of actually understanding what's going on, people are already declaring they know exactly what's going on. And we talk about this all the time with scientists and science and uh, different topics, people that are the authority in those topics, and they like to present it as if this is the end-all, be-all. But in reality, 
it's it's a it's a changing picture. It's always going to be progressing. It's always going to be evolving. What we know now is going to we're going to look like idiots a hundred years from now, right? So, um, that's my only problem with with all that stuff. But other than that, yeah, I think it being in the news and constantly um, being talked about on Twitter, social media, videos, all that stuff. I think it's good. Um, and if nothing else, it creates discussions and dialogues. And if even if people disagree, the fact that they're even having those dialogues, I think, is a good thing. I mean, for the the fact that, you know, Congress people and senators are being briefed about this. I mean, I, I get it. In the 50s and 60s, they were briefed, too, but not to the same level as they were now. OK, so it, things Plus information to- was uh, not as easily distributed. Exactly. I mean, now I can literally reach out if I wanted to. And if I really, really, really wanted to, I could probably get my way to Lou Alzando via phone call and or email or something like that. Nothing is stopping me from that. Whereas back in that time, we didn't have the Internet. Everybody right. is at you know a button's length away. No, it's mm-hmm. not. It's really game changed everything for a good thing or a good way, I should say. So yeah, um, yeah. And there is a lot of infighting, and I'm not gonna lie. I, I love paying attention to UFO Twitter <laughs> and uh, seeing who's fighting, who's beefing. It's like a it's almost, it's almost <laughs> like the Real Housewives of UFOs, you know. So. Um, <laughs> But but I do read all the stuff, too. So it's like I'm kind of like the watcher or the observer in the way that I'm just watch. I'm I'm gathering all the information. I'm not taking any sides. I'm not. That's what I'm just I'm trying to just take everything in so I can have the best picture. um, I can of what's going on. Um, I don't know every person's name and each little niche thing. And mm-hmm. I'm not, I mean, I find that again, I find the topic interesting. We cover a lot of different topics on our podcast. So I'm always reading books about ancient civilizations, consciousness, UFOs. There's a bunch of di- philosophy. There's a bunch of different topics. However, um, this one's always been kind of near and dear to my heart. Cause, um, we talked a little bit on the phone yesterday, but I was just, I mentioned to you, you know, growing up, I would have listen to coast to coast as I was falling asleep and sometimes it would get scary. And, mm-hmm. uh, same thing you said you were, had the, the fear of the archetypal gray kind of a thing. Same thing with me. I don't, I'm not like scared, like, Oh, I'm going to have nightmares, but it's just this like creepy, mysterious, um, thing that is in the back of your mind. Um, you know, almost when I think it's in everybody's mind. That's well, why yeah. alien <laughs> movies do so well. <laughs> Right. Well, I mean, and there is a part of that that like trickles in subconsciously, and everybody kind of the like Robbie the Robbie Graham argument, where the media has influenced our uh, knowledge on the subject, and we kind of get taken for a ride in the sense of we do worry about grays, and when we probably shouldn't is his argument. But I would argue the fear that I had, or others that I know, other experiences, you cannot just you can't make that up. You cannot, you only get that if you have had a traumatic event happen to you. Right. You just can't make that stuff up. You just can't. And like I said, I tend to believe the people that the weirder stuff that happens to them, I tend to go with them versus I was, yeah, I was abducted and they stuck me with a probe and that was it. And then my, the craft was triangle. Yeah. Dude, those are a dime a dozen. Okay. Uh-huh. So, but there are weird. I mean, look, I'm, you're 
you're pretty active in the community and I promote our stuff on different forums and social media um, sites and different things. There are a lot of crazy people too. Let's just oh, be honest. for sure. Let's just be oh, honest with it. You know, like there are a lot of freaking. You know, even a, a lot of the other topics we cover too. There's a lot of crazy people, and and um, I, maybe it's not even crazy. It's just people that are, and I don't want to say it because it's it's not even like a a dumb or smart thing. It's like a gullibility type of thing. Like you, oh, they're yeah. not they're not are doing you? enough of their own research, so they will believe the first thing that comes along or something that sounds like it could be right. Do you get what I'm saying? Oh, Uh, dude, I was on a podcast where a person was trying to say that he had pictures of the moon with a swastika. And that's why we haven't been back to the moon. And when that photo, (laughs) you go back, it's from the movie iron sky. The first movie. It's like, are you serious? Right. So stuff like that. that. No, like people just not doing their research and just saying, um, not not the most intelligent things in the world Well, part of it is also they want to be the smartest person in the room sometimes so and they want to fool other cutting edge people yeah exactly so just because the people screen the loudest i don't necessarily listen to them right you know so well it's unfortunate too because a lot of the there's some people that are um running big groups out there and have huge followings that are just not i don't even want to say that they're not um interested in the topic but it almost seems like it's it, they're out for money or to build their brand or well that's whatever the, the case may got, be you know I, i've never made a dime off of anything and i don't want to and i don't have a website i used to have a youtube channel got rid of that because it, it got to be too much i don't even have a blog i don't want a blog i rarely even do podcasts the only reason why i did your podcast is because you guys are from michigan sure that's it well we appreciate and, it yeah no problem but like, I don't care for any of that. But there are people in the community who I'm not bashing, but that sell coffee mugs or you need to come to my website. And and again, I'm not knocking Patreon because I know it, it costs money to produce something. Yeah. But everybody's wanting for them to pay for their stuff. And it's just like, right. it's overwhelming. Well, we do Patreon. It, it, I mean, I, here's the thing is, is um, I, I will speak to this. I put in a lot of time. I read a mm-hmm. lot of books. I take people's suggestions uh, to run the software, to do a live show, to have good equipment. It costs money. Yeah, it's a passion project. We're not killing it. And the thing is, I'm even on Patreon. You know, we lo- we love our patrons. Uh, we obviously have uh, put some good stuff on there. Um, but again, this is just something that uh, I think artists do. Um, it's it's a new way of doing this in a in a way that okay if you like what I'm doing you can donate to me we're not forcing and, and we're I, not forcing it on that. anybody you know like that's yeah but I, I get what you're saying there is this like um, there is this model now where um, if you're doing something creative that has to do with a certain topic you you're on Patreon or taking PayPal donations and and. Again, I think the whole goal for us is as long as what we're making and it's it's we're still we're still in the uh, negative here. Tiddly winks. We're still (laughs) we're still in the negative here as far as how much it costs to do all this and to do it right versus how much we're getting from YouTube ads or Patreon uh, patrons, which, again, we appreciate our patrons. um, But at the same time, we're still in the neg. So it, it comes down to this thing where. I'm 
if it if it comes out even for our podcast and it pays for itself, that's I'm happy with that. It doesn't have to get to some big level where we're making tons and tons of money. I think that we're doing this for the people. We're trying to put good content and interviews out there. And if um, if people want to listen, cool. If they want to donate, cool. But they don't have to. We're not forcing. I mean, and again, I wasn't like calling you out. Or you, dude, you're calling me out, bro. Out. Come on. <laughs> I will say though, there is, and I, and, but I do like this researcher. I just don't agree with their tactics. Sure. He has a YouTube channel, quite a large following, not crazy, but pretty big. But to ask a question, the minimum is ninety nine cents, and there's no guarantee that that an- that question will get answered. But if you spend ninety nine dollars. You damn skippy! He'll wait, answer wait. that question. Wait, yeah, yeah. And I'm so, like, so ours is just, just. I'm gonna plug it right now. Patreon.com/slash Mike and Maurice for just two dollars. Just two dollars a month, you will get exclusive interviews and uh, videos. So that's ours is just two dollars, and you get for the whole month, and you get free stuff that other people don't get to listen to. But what you're saying is this person's charging ninety nine cents for a question. Now that seems on YouTube. That seems YouTube. that seems a little because uh, people ask us questions in our comment section all the time. I answer them. I'm not looking for a dollar or anything. I'm just trying to again put good stuff out there and do it that way. And I'm the what you're saying about this person. I don't even um, I can't blame that person either. Maybe they're doing what they feel is worth it, it or right. But at the same no, time, and I, and I, I get what you're I saying. Get, I get where he's coming from, but I don't necessarily agree with the means to to do that because yeah to me it's a little bit disingenuous sure but that's just me um and he is also very active in the conference scene which that's great and great but i had no inkling to do any of that like people ask him all the time chris can you get a website can you get a blog i'm not interested in any of that sure like i said i had the youtube channel i got rid of it because it was to me it Took too much time. Now I have time. Time for me is not worth money. It's just it's very valuable because I've got two kids and I just don't have all the time in the world to devote to spending on YouTube. And I mean, I love the people that would join me and ask questions, but uh, you so know, you could charge just, so you could charge ninety nine cents for. <laughs> I tried to, but YouTube said I, I could monetize my channel because you know. Yeah, that's it's all good. It, it took us a while to get there ourselves. Um, the monetization because when we when we first started our channel is right when they switched it, so you had to have a thousand subscribers and I think like four thousand hours watched or something yeah, like that. Yeah, now they change it to ten thousand subscribers or some stupid number. Really? I wow. I oh don't... yeah. I'm glad. Yeah, we... It's really hard now. And actually, well, my other channel is uh, not going to be doing much. <laughs> It went from fat earth yeah. to flat earth. Yeah, dude. <laughs> I'm about to change it to flat earth to get the news done there, man. Yeah. You're going to have to. I mean, but then again, YouTube will probably just wipe all that content completely clean. Right. Because that's not cool for advertisers and, well, whatever. Right. Well, I've heard different things, itself. too. I've heard that they're changing it. So now that they have the kids thing and the adult thing, that now what they'll do is um, for advertisers, 
they'll have advertisers geared towards whatever the topic. So if it's kind of an unsavory, they feel it's an unsavory topic. <laughs> yeah. They'll advertise to Smith and Wesson for abortion <laughs> or something, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, so if it, yeah, exactly. If it's like a gun channel or something, they might do something like that. I don't, again, I don't know. Who knows what they're actually going to do? But that's I just don't think they even know, man. Yeah, I, I think. think that, I mean, when you hear Joe Rogan talk about how he's talking to one of the head people at YouTube, and they're like, they they only want certain stuff out there. It's like. Are you serious? Like you, that's literally thought control, right? But whatever, right. we're we're going down another. Yeah, round. whatever. But, but whatever. Uh, so yeah. plus it's plus it goes back on everything that YouTube stood for in the beginning was uh just getting it's a it's a medium where you don't have any restrictions. Which again, I know there has to be some restrictions, but how far do you go? That's the question. But uh, no. So back to UFO research. So as yes. far as um. So you like TTSA to the Stars Academy. Yes. Um, yep. You like what they're doing. What do you think about other uh, people? Or you know, like I'm not. You don't have to talk shit about anybody. But no, just, no, no, no. Like, like who do you like? Do you like? Do, what do you think about Stephen Greer? What do you think about uh, you know all these other different sub subgroups? All right, Stephen Greer uh, initially started out good, and then again, ego got in the way. Okay. Uh, and it kind of made him. Uh, it it kind of consumed him, and I wouldn't say he did. He's doing bad work still right now. I just don't choose to watch that or choose to listen to listen. I should say. Right. His mm-hmm. work from like two thousand one backwards, great. Two thousand one from till now, ugh, it's a mind. Field, and I guarantee you're going to land on the landmine eventually. Um, yeah, I, again, he did amazing work with like the disclosure project and getting all those witnesses. You haven't seen anything like that since. I mean, the closest thing we're getting is like what Two Stars is doing, getting all these military people to say, "Yeah, I've had these experiences." Mm-hmm. It's pretty damn close. Uh, yeah, it seemed like again, uh, Stephen Greer was doing like a lot of the documents. Like he was able to uncover. A lot of the documents. Yeah, he got really close. And that's another thing, and I'm going to just say it, and I don't care if people believe me or not, but when you get really danger close to, I guess, the proverbial truth, uh, it can blow up in your face. Mm-hmm. And it can be a number of things. It can be they can discredit you. They can do things where they can just mess with you. Uh, and I'm not going to like say the government's going to whack people, but... Uh, they definitely will mess with you and harass you, so you just go away. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't want to mm-hmm. do with this. Well, he mentions uh, they tried to pay him off, and I'm thinking, you know, there's no virtue uh, who in knows, it. Mate, there's no virtue, but, but take the money and run, pal. That's a lot of loot. You gotta, you know. I, I mean, think about this: the CIA hands out money like it's going on the style, right? To anybody and everybody who will give them information about whatever, and I guarantee you, they give assets money. So that probably was truth from Stephen Greer. How much money? I don't know. I don't think they're, they were willing to give him millions of dollars, but the, you know, 500 well, grand. Well, that's what he mentioned. Away. I forget. I don't know if it was in an interview or one of his movies, but he mentions how they offered him like a hedge fund, basically that he could control and do whatever he wanted with. And well, again, that's the ego thing. And he did just like embellish a little sure. bit or a lot, you know? So, 
I haven't really heard much about him lately. Have you guys? He's working. Yeah. Isn't he working to get enough donations to make a third movie? Isn't uh, maybe uh, I'm wrong. Supposedly I... it's being made or has been made already, and they're just trying to fund the the, the, fini- the to finish it. I, I should say, hmm. but I could be wrong. I don't like I said. I don't keep up with him 100. percent I see him on the radar every once in a while, and I'll peek over and say oh i don't know mm, that's interesting but right. i don't spend the, my time so with... then who who else do you really like them besides to the stars uap expedition you know the group that was started by kevin day and deep prasad they're very good i think their their heart is their heart is in the right place uh we'll see what happens with that i don't know it's a bit young in their or uh, their organization but We'll see what happens. I, I, I hope the best for them. And I told him, I told Deep I'll support them, and I still do. I'll, we'll support them doing whatever they decide to do. Uh, if that means going on expeditions off the coast of San Diego, trying to find the Tic Tac again, great. If that means coming to Des Moines, Iowa, and looking for drones or what have you, or going to Colorado, great, cool, awesome. See, we need stuff like that. But my, my thing is, too, is... Um don't we need better experiments or ways to test or try and observe these things? Because it's what it seems like to me is we're just running around trying to tinker with things and figure things out. But so when we interviewed a, who was, it was a Dr. Penny Sartori. She's a near death experience author and expert and everything. And she created experiments to try and test when people are having uh, these go into cardiac arrest or pa- start to pass away if they when they leave their body to try and figure out what's going on. I think we need something similar like that for the UFO thing, which is that if it is a physical thing, there should be a way to somehow test to prove it. Now, uh, that's... <laughs> well, here's, here's that's, the conundrum with that, right. is you never get the same repeatable thing. You just don't. Right. So there's it, you cannot... And I, I speak, but from, maybe there's a common to, thread, I guess. Oh, for sure, water around nuclear sites, um, around military installations. Uh, I even have from a history of here in Michigan with UFOs during the fifties at Selfridge right. Air National Guard Base. Oh yeah, it was during Selfridge. This time when it was Selfridge Air Force Base, it wasn't Air National Guard. They were doing a mock attack of Selfridge, where it was they were pretending to be Russian aircraft coming from Russia to attack the base. And the base was to uh, uh, subvert the attackers with aircraft. Mm-hmm. And UFO showed up. And that's very interesting. Because maybe whatever this was, thought World War Three was about to happen. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. may or may not intervene. I don't know. I'm not going to sit here and say they're good or bad. I don't know. Because I've seen good instances of UFOs with people and or things, and I've also heard bad things. Sure. So I don't know what it is. Uh, it from a national security point, I mean, if things are coming into our sky without impunity, or with impunity, uh, and we can't do anything damn thing about it, then that is a national security problem because we can't stop it, right? Right. So of course they're going to look it through the lens of a threat. And uh, there, it goes down that rabbit hole. People saying, "Well, there, there are uh, galactic brothers." Yeah, maybe, maybe not. It's probably like <laughs> us. If, 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 if let's say hypothetically, 
they had a hand in creating us or mm-hmm. pushing us along or whatever the case may be, hypothetically, then they would probably be like us in some way. Now, I'm not saying they're for sure going to think the same way as us, but wouldn't it make sense that maybe some of them are good, maybe some of them are bad, just like how we are on this planet. Like We have a lot of good people, but then we've got some real bad apples, and those bad apples might be the more um, obvious ones, if you will. So if you think about here just modern society human beings when somebody commits a, ma- a, a terrible massive crime or whatever like that everybody's paid attention to it i would assume the same thing is with this kind of a thing where if something bad happens within this little um uh within this topic that it would be more obvious than if something good happened and i'm not saying that obviously people have good experiences with ufos and, and whatever but I'm talking specifically, it would stand out more, if that makes sense. I, I honestly uh, believe that we're dealing with multiple things. We're not just dealing with crypto-terrestrial. We're not just dealing with ET. I think it's a multitude of different things all at the same time. I think some of the things have been here for millennia, and I think some of the things are here because these other groups are here, and they're just kind of sitting on the sidelines and watching with some popcorn and saying, Ooh, that's funny. They're taking their cows, you know? Hmm. So uh, that's just my take. Um, well, what, what do you think then about, um, I wanted to ask you actually about this. I don't know if you pay attention, but early on when TTSA first came out, when he went on Rogan and, uh, which didn't favor him too no, well, he, he should have he should have wa- waited he should what he should have done is like come back to me in a year or two and then he would have had a lot more stuff to talk about and wouldn't have had to uh tiptoe around different things but you know we did one of our first episodes was about that rogan episode where we talked about all this stuff and we kind of you know i didn't say oh blah 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 i wasn't talking shit but we were just saying like he kept saying, like, I can't talk about that. So, like, why are you going to go on a talk show and then just keep repeating, I can't talk about that? Again, well, just wait. Wait well, wait till you can talk, about. can't talk about it. No, I, but I'm saying, like, of course, he should have done research on Joe Rogan then because Joe Rogan's smart and he's going to ask smart questions that get to things that you probably can't talk about. So, it well, I agree. Uh, and I, I think if you look back now at that episode, I think you see Tom was telling the truth about a lot of that stuff. I'm not saying he now, wasn't, but I'm just saying the, I know. I'm the just perception saying, like, of the way he came off. Well, it, the, initially I thought that episode aged very badly, but uh-huh. now that I look back at it, it, it really hasn't. It, it's not that bad. I think the only cringeworthy moment was the TR3B thing. Yeah. Of the, the, you know, yeah. But it, you know what? Listen, you know what? I honestly feel that he was just trying to get a point across, not so much saying that it was an actual thing. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. No, I'm not no, Tom no, DeLong. Again, I, so. and, and I, look, I like Tom. I think his intentions are honest. I think he's interested in the topic. He's just like, uh, even though he's a famous musician, he's just a normal dude that loves UFOs and wants to find out the truth too. That's how I honestly believe and perceive his attitude towards this. However, um, you know, he could be being played too and I'm, I'm not saying that the phenomena is not real but just anybody could be played at any time with any amount of knowledge you have to yeah, but you the, have to be open to that like it's cognitive bias it's confirmation bias it's uh, all these things I would could, say it's the worst 
operation ever because it, it kind of like the whole thing with Area 51. You know, if they if Bob Azar and I, I may take heat from this, I don't care, don't care because <laughs> I'm like Teflon. Bob hey. Azar, in my opinion, is telling the truth because if he was lying about what happened to S4, working at S4 and then the surrounding area, Area 51, then and he was disinformation or just plain BS, then it worked terribly because you had every friggin' eyeball on that area from now until back in 89 when he came out of the, uh, the shadows. Uh-huh. So that was a really bad op if it really was not. Or he was telling the truth and some of the credential, credential stuff on his behalf are wonky because maybe he didn't graduate from yeah, maybe, MIT. Or, maybe it's a little bit of really everything. Matter. Maybe he really yeah, worked I mean, there. Yeah, maybe sure. he really saw stuff. Maybe he did embellish his resume to get the job or to whatever. Maybe yeah. uh, also that it was some sort of op too. Maybe it was all those things combined. I'm in the For headspace sure. now where when you look at these topics – there's not just black like you can't just say oh this is how it is or that's how it is not everything is black and white it could be gray it could be multiple things it could be a bunch of different things all playing together so that's kind of how i try and look that's at that's my scenario. philosophy of all of life yeah <laughs> I, I i uh well yeah i agree i do think there's for some things uh there are only black and white answers uh with the UFO subject, but we'll get to that eventually. But with like Bob Lazar, yes, there, he definitely could have been played. But again, yeah, we did an episode on it, and, and I, I you don't I, want, uh, yeah, we did we did an episode where we reviewed Matt Tiller and I. Maurice was out of town or something like that, where we reviewed the movie and his interview on Joe Rogan, and I mentioned I'm like either this guy is telling the truth. Or and I'm pretty good at reading people, like looking at his like his body uh, language, body language yeah, his, his eyes, the way that he talks about it, the detail, the different things. The, what I said was he's either a sociopath or he's telling the truth. And even if he's telling the truth, it doesn't automatically mean that what he saw was 100 percent what he believed it was. He could have interpreted it different. It could have been some of the stuff could have been ours. Some of the stuff could have been out from outer space. Some of the stuff could have been whatever you want to call it. But, um, but yeah, so that was our take on it. I don't necessarily not believe him, but I don't a hundred percent believe him either. I would say it's probably 80, 20, 90, 10, yeah, something like that. I, I, I know for a fact there's certain scientists and I won't name scientists who just don't, don't believe his word at all. Oh, for like sure. He's, he says he's full of shit. Well, and lots that, of people think he's full of shit. Well, even I, pe- I, even I people that don't I, know what they're talking I, I about. I don't worry about those people because they're they're not scientists. Yeah, I only yeah. worry about a person who works in a similar or the exact same field. I don't give a shit if you're an ex-cop or a waitress and you have an opinion. I don't give a shit. It doesn't matter because you didn't work in that capacity. Right. Obviously, he's got some science, scientific skill because you wouldn't have United Nuclear doing very good business and getting contracts from Raytheon, if the guy was just some bullshit artist, right. okay? Right. So obviously, well, he had skill too. He put a rocket in his car. He obviously, dude. He, I mean, the guy is like he a runs a uh, wizard. He's obviously he's like a wizard. <laughs> at very least, he's actually he's very good at science. At very least, it, let's say let's say you don't even think he's a scientist. At very least, he's very good at science based on the stuff yeah, we know I he's mean, capable of. 
And so what? So he likes some hookers. So what? I mean, he's a nerd. So <laughs> Everybody has a dark past. I mean, seriously. Exactly. But people are like, oh, well, he got caught with prostitutes. Not so much prostitutes, but giving the software, making the software so prostitutes can get paid. Yeah, it sounds uh, sounds like a noble. A yeah. Exactly. Yeah, say. But people that's are a hard like, line oh, of work. So you got to get your money. That sounds visionary yeah. to me. I don't know. Well, but. you know, but people, they, again, they allow their their the religious or their their moral compass to get in the way of whether they truly believe him or not because of that little aspect or well maybe he did lie about going to mit who cares or why does it matter where he got his well because then when you're here's the thing is what most i get what you're saying and i agree with you but what how most people are like a a person stuck in day-to-day consciousness or let's say an academic or a scientist well they would then say this guy's telling this story that's crazy to begin with. So anything that he's lied about takes away credibility from his story. So that would be the counterpoint. Uh, and again, I don't blame those people too. Let's say somebody told you something crazy, but you know they oh, lied. That happens all the time. But I'm saying that you know, <laughs> but you know that they had lied about other things yeah, to you. Yeah, You'd yeah. be kind of weary about what you. What, I, I, I guess. I mean, I again. I, we're not gonna like beat this dead horse, but uh, I, I agree. I mean, I, I can see the, from their vantage point, but also at the same time, when you look at the mountain of evidence that points towards, he, he definitely was at Los Alamos. He he definitely knows his stuff, and then lo and behold, the Russian scientists who were trying to synthesize element one fifteen, who did they call? They didn't call. Uh, uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson. They didn't call Bill Nye the science fucking nerd. Well, th- those guys they don't call, believe. Whoa, yeah, whoa. Well, those guys don't believe that it can be stabilized. I'm pretty sure. But the Russians called who Bob Lazar uh-huh. and said, "Hey, we knew you work with this stuff. Can you help us?" He said, "Yeah, of course." But not many people want to know that. But that's fact. That's truth. So, so, uh, so let's move. Look, if anybody wants yeah, to hear more about Bob yeah. Lazar, check out our episode that we did where we <laughs> yeah. revealed. Because actually, we have some cool little nuggets in there that stuff that I found in correlations between the two videos. So you can check out that on our uh, channel. But so I want to get to this other TTSA question I had for you. In a couple early interviews, um, Tom mentions something about Greek gods and this connection with Greek gods, and that's what he was being told from the higher ups some cryptic thing having to do with Greek mythology and Greek gods. And I tried to put different pieces together. Um, I don't know what was going on, but I've read, you know, both of the nonfiction um, uh, TTSA books, the gods, man and war uh, Mm -hmm. and then part two. And uh, the only thing I can surmise is maybe it had something to do with the Apollo missions because Apollo obviously is a Greek god or possibly that maybe the Greek gods had some hand in maybe the Greek gods were some sort of extraterrestrials. I have no idea. So that's I was just curious what you thought about that. I will say this. When he was talking about that initially, like when he was doing Jimmy Church and or... Uh, like George Knapp, coast to coast, like 2016, he had different advisors than he does now. Hmm. Those advisors went bye-bye when the whole Podesta <laughs> leak happened. Okay. So I don't know other than I'm leaning towards people in the know. Like I said, they probably know a lot more 
and I, uh, people always argue with me in saying, well, maybe the government, they probably don't know as much as what we think they want to know. Or, or that's, that's what I think, but go on. I disagree. Okay. I, I, I think they, I don't think they know everything, but they sure as hell know a lot more than what they're letting on. Okay. And I would argue that there's elements within, and I hate to use government, so we'll use the national security state. Okay, we won't say government. Okay. They have broken away. They have sequestered this technology and this knowledge and held it away because, A, they don't want to get in the public domain because it possibly, and I'm kind of going to go Stephen Greer on you, it could possibly help humanity. I don't know. Maybe mm. it could, maybe it can't. Bob Lazar says they could blow up stuff. You know, if you had one of these ships, you could blow up and be worse than, the, you know, a nuclear explosion. I don't know. It's a dying work on it. Right. But there is a reason why they have sequestered this away because, A, they're going to make money off of it. B, uh, I don't think they fully, and this, again, this is not the government per se. This is probably some parts of the national security state that view us peons as exactly just peons. And I know I'm kind of getting conspiratorial here, but it's just my take. They don't care what we do from day to day. They don't care that people are starving in Africa or Haiti or wherever. They just sequester this stuff away. They have the knowledge, like a high priest, and they don't care if it ever gets out. And I view what Two Stars is doing is trying to put a wedge between that group and the people who don't know in the Pentagon or only know a little bit that, yes, there's these special special access programs that you may want to take a look at. You may have access, you may not. Probably not. Uh, I mean, you could. I don't know if you guys over the summer took a look at uh, the Wilson documents that leaked, but that's yeah, about good. how they don't know exactly how it works, and that they pull it back out every ten years or so when they think that science yes. is caught up with the technology yes. that they have, that kind of a thing. Yes. Well, I'll I'll, I'll let you on a little thing. I was part of a small group that were given those documents back in April. I have had them since April. And we worked on a, a big project to validate what those people in those documents are talking about, that it is true. Um, I can't go much for I know a little bit more, mm -hmm. but I'm not willing to say exactly everything because it would put me in a situation where people are going to then hound me. But I will yeah. say verbatim, the Wilson documents are definitely real. I've got multiple sources that are credible. These are not crackpots. These are not just random UFO Twitter people. These are genuine people, genuine scientists who, I will say, uh, know of the one person mentioned in said documents, and they, the documents are definitely real. This, and that's where I say right. there's a certain apparatus of the national security state that has taken this away and will not release this at all. And I don't know what they have. Do they have crash retrieval stuff? Yeah. Eric Davis has said that we have retrieved crash, uh, you know, I almost said aircraft. People are going to say, oh, he said aircraft. No. Crashed whatever UFOs. 
I do think it's nuts and bolts, but also I do believe that it can be also uh, mind-altering or consciousness-based what you're seeing. I think it'd be both. Again, it goes back right. to what I said earlier on. I think it's multiple groups interacting with us at one time. Well, it makes sense. But it makes sense oh, with cool. communication-wise, too, that so the consciousness aspect of the phenomena could be the way that they communicate in the sense that if you see a picture of a gray or whatever, what does their mouth look like? It's tiny. You can't talk out of that. Who knows if they can no. even talk. But exactly. what, they, what they probably can do is, like you said, influence thoughts or have some sort of psychic abilities. We know... Mm -hmm. There's real scientists that study that stuff that, you know, there's like Rupert. Dean Radin. For Dean, Dean Radin and his book Real Magic and Rupert Sheldrake and different mm -hmm. people that really take these things seriously that do think that they're, even if, you know, I think, uh, what was it, the Rupert Sheldrake experiment where could you tell if somebody was looking at you from behind? And I think they concluded that it was like 54%. Or something like that. Yeah. So it's a four percent difference, and that might seem small, but it's th huge, actually. Exactly. So that kind of so if we're able to do that, or maybe we're on on the the verge of evolving some of these um, skills. Maybe it's our going to be our sixth sense or something like that. But um, so that's the way I think about it. So it, it could I, again. I I have different theories. I'm not married to one idea. I think it could be a hundred percent consciousness related what we're looking at could be an illusion, that kind of a thing too. Um, it could be a lot well, of we different had that, things. We had that guest on that was, his idea was maybe they're time travelers. Yeah. So we had uh, on that? Dr. Michael Masters on, I don't know. Yes. I, I know who he is. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 that's a possibility. I'm not going to sit here and say it is. Well, cause okay, you mentioned you, when your experience that you wouldn't call them, aliens or whatever i won't call them i will never call them aliens so because i don't know what they were right so that's they didn't say, oh by the way right so and i've heard i've heard time traveler before too and isn't that what uh peniston said that he thought that well, they were oh geez way to go open a can of worms why don't you <laughs> that's what we that's what we do my man all right, all right. well uh, uh, uh. all right so <laughs> i'm uh, i'm uh not a big fan of jim peniston uh, and the time traveler stuff. Okay. Uh, mm -hmm. I just, I don't buy it. I okay. really don't. And I've talked to other witnesses who were there, namely John Burroughs. And I know I'm going to say a name that people are going to friggin' hate me for, but you know what? I don't give a shit. Larry Warren. You don't like him? That's fine. You don't believe him? That's your problem, not mine. But Larry definitely was there, whatever. I've said it. I feel better but now. But is, isn't Peniston the one that came up on it first and actually touched it and... Well, Burroughs and Peniston were that that event happened together. They were right. together when it happened. No, I know, but Burroughs, I'm saying, but wasn't Peniston the one that actually like approached it and touched the side of the craft and that? Well, kind of Burroughs stuff? says he vanished. Oh, with Peniston. Okay. So, you know, I again, I'm not calling him a liar. I just think there's a lot of weirdness with the whole Rendlesham case, and unfortunately. Ego has gotten in the way. Yeah. I, myself, have tried to get all the living... See, this is the problem. They're going to start dying here. It's going to be the, like Roswell Yeah, but there's a, there's a memo associated... There's the Halt memo that's associated with Oh, God, with don't even get... The, the, the Halt, I, 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 I respect his service, and I thank him for his service, but I do think that he, too, was compromised with what he could say, because if you go back, 
the Holt memo was only released because of what Larry Warren said in the press, and that's how it basically got leaked out. Mm-hmm. He, Larry Warren forced the hand. Now, some people would argue, say, that's BS, and I'm not going to get into that. I'm just okay. telling you, I know this case like frontwards and backwards. It was my case. I, that's so, I wouldn't say it's my case. Hmm. But I, like I said, I've talked to the witnesses who were involved. I've tried on two different separate occasions, one in 2014, one in 2015, prior to the, basically everything falling apart. I tried to get as many of those guys together as humanly possible. They won't. Some of them just hate each other. Hmm. I wonder why. Right. You know, I just don't get it. Yeah, I mean, you think being in an experience like that, it would bring you together or something. Exactly. Halt one minute says Warren was there. The next minute he says Warren wasn't. Or my favorite is Burrow says, oh, yeah, Warren was there, and he was there with Adrian Bastinza. I can't talk today. And I saw them. But now, if you ask John Burroughs, Larry Warren wasn't on duty, he's full of shit, and we can't say anything good about him because he's a scumbag because of whatever happened in UK ufology, which is a whole nother weird thing of its own. No offense to all my UK friends, but some of your UFO people are wackadoodled like wackadoodled big time. But here's the narrative that I've heard, which is that Penniston and Burroughs saw something descend over the trees. They they were security. They were sent out. Yeah, that's the first night. They were sent out to go check what was going on. Yeah, this is the first night. Um, Yep. And they come across this, like, multi-flashing colored, translucent-y, triangular. Black obsidian looking thing right yep. and then they approach it and peniston touches it and starts to get like a download like time stops he gets a download of binary code yeah, yeah which is again burroughs has said that even after the event peniston didn't say or do that he they were there together that's why it's like i i know you're just Going over what you know, you've heard about, but again, yeah, I yeah, I mean, if you have, I, I like hearing Burroughs, everything. So Burroughs was there with Penniston. So if Penn, uh, excuse me, Burroughs says that this book that Penniston had with all the binary code was something new that he just concocted. Then I'm going with Burroughs because Burroughs was there with Penniston. Okay, okay. Uh, that's just my yeah. Thing. But and I think I, I think with Burroughs Lin- and I don't even get along. Well, I, I love the guy. When Linda Moldenhow, I, I think mean, yeah, Linda Moldenhow interviewed. Peniston, I don't know if it was on ancient. It was on something I was watching, uh, where he was saying that he had it. He had these memories of the binary code, and it wasn't a notebook that he. Um, I don't know. I, I again, I don't know the exact timeline, but well, it's here's just the that thing. He, it was but, stuck in his mind, and then later on in his life, like twenty years later, he decided to like write it all out and have somebody try and decode the binary code into you, some. You know. You're, you're basically stating what Burroughs has said okay. is before that ancient aliens episode even aired, uh, Burroughs was telling him or not Burroughs, excuse me. Penniston was telling Burroughs get ready. Cause in this episode, we're going to be talking, I'm going to be talking about the, the book and the binary code. And Burroughs is like, dude, what are you talking about? Right. When that happened right after that, you didn't say anything like that. And Penniston's like, yeah, I never told you. And Burroughs was like, we bunked together. Huh. I never saw a friggin' book that you're saying you you had. Right. So there's real problems with that. But again, the whole Renderson case in and of itself is a total disaster. It mm. really is. I love the case like 
I really, really do. I, it's a shame that all those guys just can't come together. It oh. really is because I think you need each other. What you about, need uh, what? what about this article that came out? I think it was last year, two years ago, talking about how, uh, the whole thing was actually a hoax and that the British, uh, um, SAS. Oh God. No, yeah. That's, yeah. The, <laughs> no, yeah. The, no, the, the, the no, British, uh, officers no. were, they got pranked the week before no. or something like that. No. And they, they were <laughs> no. childish prank. <laughs> no. Next thing you can say is the lighthouse. You know. Well, the lighthouse was actually <laughs> know, debunked by the lighthouse was actually debunked by, believe it or not, Josh Gates on expedition unknown. He, he put the, in that episode, they put the lighthouse back in order, and he went to the site where it happened, and through the dense forest, there's no way to see that. that yeah, I, I, I know. I'm just, like I said, I know this case frontwards and backwards, and it's just, it's, every couple of years, we get a new theory of what it was, you know, it was SAS messing with uh, the people. The, the other thing, though, is, if you, I think you could probably still find YouTube, I don't know, but there's a CNN piece from 80 or 81 talking about the Rendlesham case and it features Larry Warren and he has a pseudonym uh, his name is Art Wallace and uh, basically hold on one second uh, Art Wallace yeah his uh, name more is like Art Fart Wallace. Wallace yeah no Art <laughs> Wallace and uh, I'm sorry, my child, just my daughter tried to come in here. No, sorry, you're guys. Fine. You're fine. Um, so Art Wallace gives his testimony in, in that piece. And Chuck DiCario is the reporter from CNN. And what people don't realize is Chuck DiCario was former Air Force office in, uh, in uh, special investigation. I want to say that or he was some kind of intelligence officer. And people are now starting to realize, like, was this? Like a, mm, not a disclosure, but like a nod to, yes, this was real, but we can't say it really happened. You know, right. wink, wink, nod, nod. So there's that interview. Um, again, Larry Warren has always said that uh, when he got there on the third night that there was multiple film cameras being shot. Uh, there was still photography. There was VHS or beta during that time. It was 1980. Uh, again, he suffered along just with Burroughs, along with Penniston. Burroughs, though, really had a bad... He had to fight to get his medical records released, and really it was because of John McCain and um, Senator Kyle, uh, on their behalf, uh, they tried to get his medical records released, and they, the Air Force won. And then the Air Force tried to tell uh, Burroughs that he wasn't even in the Air Force during that time. Oh. I mean, they really have messed with all these guys. I mean, Larry Warren came back to America in the nineties, tried to get a passport to go back to England. And they said, you can't get a passport. Oh. And then he's like, well, why not? And they won't give him, they won't give him a reason. So he finally like befriended the postmaster at this post office where he was trying to get his uh, passport. And she said, pulled him aside and said, this is coming from somebody at the DOD. They're telling us, you're not allowed to, huh. and it affected his eyesight medically. Oh yeah, right, man. Right, right. It, yeah, I saw guys, I saw an interview where he did talk about that. So the, the whatever happened, they definitely don't want out there. 
Sure. Whatever happened. And again, Weird. that both of those the the Amer both the American bases that were there, there's a nuclear facility right there, or there was. Um, well, they held nuclear weapons at that. Yeah, that's what Runs I'm saying. Yeah. Well, and well, here's the other thing: is there, not a lot of people know this, but that forest itself is like Skinwalker Ranch. Really? Yeah. There's uh, throughout history, there's like black cat sightings. There's Bigfoot-like creatures that come out of portals. Um, I know because I've talked to Larry Warren privately. He has shared where. When he first got to the base, one of the first things that was told to him is, don't go in the forest, it's haunted. Mm -hmm. And he's like, what? And the, this person said, no, you don't go in that forest, it's haunted. Uh, there are witches in there. And he was like, whoa, okay. I mean, he's 19 <laughs> years old. So right. he's like, okay, whatever, dude. And shortly thereafter, uh, I guess they, the base or not the base, but some people that were at the base did see a black cat, like a panther. But yeah, that's actually a thing that people see in England is like a black panther. That there's exactly. there's there's photographs. That's actually, um, I don't. They don't. And they're know. not supposed to be there. Or yeah, they're not. There's no. Jaguar. No, there's no cat. There's no yeah, large no. predatory cats that live in no in England. Um, Whereas here you could say, oh, it was maybe a cougar or a mountain lion or something yeah. like, you know, but right. there they don't have anything like that. And there's for it to be, I mean, maybe somebody had an exact pet released it. Well, oh, maybe could be but... or like a, some large, large ass Maine coon cat that's just larger than your average one or something like that. But I, I, all I know is it's funny that like I, I have a book. Uh, from a UK researcher talking about how Rendlesham Forest is like Skinwalker Ranch. And he poses the question, did the U.S. government or the Air Force or whoever, whatever entity, know that that area has all this stuff happening? Did they know that Rendlesham was going to happen, essentially, and were ready? Because Larry Warren maintains, like, these cameras, they got on scene quite quickly and were prepared like they they'd done this before hmm. he he just kept saying that like to me he was telling me that he got the sense that whoever these other people were he didn't recognize who were manning the cameras or the still photography but it looked like they had done this before hmm. so like they weren't surprised or anything yeah exactly like this was like normal that it was no big deal and that it, it, I'm about to get really weird, and not a lot of people talk about this, but the, the base commander, Colonel Williams, or General, I, I think it's Colonel Williams, but I could be wrong. I can't, it's either General or Colonel, I don't know. But his name, his last name is Williams. He got bit, I, kid you, I, I cannot make this up, okay? I cannot. He, he died recently, I would say maybe two years ago, maybe even a year ago. He died in Arizona, uh, natural causes. But he, uh, was then shipped out from that base. They relieved him of his duty and he went to another base. I want to say somewhere like Southeast Asia or somewhere. He got bit by some like mosquito or some kind of critter and he doesn't mm -hmm. remember anything from 1980 backwards. Wow. He doesn't like, he didn't remember anything. That's crazy. That's a real yeah. critter. I mean, I've heard of people <laughs> forgetting things after 
and surgery having to do with like anesthetics and stuff like that. But yeah, I mean, not just getting bit by a bug or something along those exactly. lines. Exactly. Um, yeah. He was golfing and he got bit by something and he doesn't, re- he didn't remember anything from 1980 and it, specifically from like December, 1980 on like backwards. He right. didn't remember anything. So, yeah. So yeah, I mean, I find the Rendlesham forest one pretty crazy and I'm, you know, glad you had some other info. I like to hear all sides. I like to hear contradictory stuff. I like to hear stuff in favor of things, uh, different people's opinions. Yeah, you got to weigh all the options. Get some hate mail. I'm pretty oh sure no, I don't. Well, bring it on Reddit. We're ready for you. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't care about any of that stuff. To be honest with you, I got. If you're in this industry, you have to let it roll off because you just got to stay true to yourself. Well, people I are gonna like. Promoted- people are gonna hate. I promoted a woman hater and abuser and all this stuff. Well, again, whatever. I mean, I could go into that, but I'm not going to. But, yeah, I mean, Rundlesham, unfortunately, we're just never going to know exactly what happened. I, Do you think I'd that's say, one of our more uh, valid encounters? Oh, dude, we have so – at least I counted the last time with Larry, at least 20 witnesses that are still alive. Okay, uh-huh. 20 witnesses. That's crazy. Yeah. I mean, that's if you get 20 witnesses to come out and say, yeah, this weird shit happened, you, you, and you're the U.S. government or you're the Air Force, there's going to be some like questions going to be pointed your way. And you're, and I know it's going to be very uncomfortable uh, to answer any of that. So they'd rather just mitigate it to uh, you, you guys didn't have anything happen, or like they did with Burroughs, you were never even in the Air Force during that time, you know, when he was. Weird. So. Or, I don't know if you know this, John Burroughs' uh, medical records that are in the Air Force were classified for okay. national security reasons. Why is that? Yeah, I don't know. Um, I will say this, and then I, I really don't want to go too much down that rabbit hole, but That's fine. Christopher Kit Green came to John Burroughs and said, uh, we kind of know what radiation you got hit with if you come with me uh and join this group and the study we can get you some answers well john being john he initially said yes and then he backed out at the last second Hmm. um for various reasons sure Uh, there's just a lot of um uh, I'm not saying like, and I'm not going to sit here and like badmouth Kit Green. Kit Green's a good guy. It's just, I think he too knows a lot more than what he's allowed to say right. because he's got security oaths. Uh, it was interesting because I've talked to John about this. It was interesting that he knew exactly what kind of radiation that John had been exposed to, where John had been going to all these experts and none of these doctors knew what the hell was going on. Right. And then Kit Green comes out of the shadows and said, I know exactly. Uh, John believes it was terrestrial, meaning it was something that we humans developed that was super secret and super sensitive. That's what they were exposed to. Uh-huh. Uh, that's where him and I disagree. But so, whatever, that's so, fine. So here's my thing, though, too. I'm always... These are just human beings, too, whether they're part of the government or they know something or whatever. They only know what they've heard or what they've seen. Or If you're going to tell me that somebody from Earth completely understands alien technology and we have all the answers and it's all secret, I, I take the same approach to stuff that we know for sure on this planet with science, which is that 
what we know is is an evolving picture and we don't really know it's this illusion of knowing it's this um it's this epistemological fallacy that um we understand completely what's going on we're just observing things people that know things just observe things maybe they have better ideas of these things than other people but if they really knew what was going on i mean i don't see how that could I don't know. I'm not saying I don't believe any of this stuff. I do. I'm just saying I you have to look at both sides of it and like how the mind works and how consciousness works and how we, we analyze things and what we want to believe in, in different things like that. So, again, I'm not saying I don't believe it. I do. I think that there's very weird things going on that we have no idea about. But I also think that since the government's so compartmentalized, with all this kind of stuff that even if somebody knows one thing, it's just a piece of the puzzle. So maybe there is somebody at the top that's looking down on the puzzle. If that makes sense, that has all the pieces in place that has a good idea. Maybe that does exist, but I find it even that person, it would be very hard to believe. And if it was something that crazy, um, it would, it would have an effect on your psychology as well. Um, uh, yeah, but again, sometimes when you get the God complex and you know more than the the, the the peasants, you get arrogant and you don't care and because you have this knowledge. Right. And that's what I'm saying. Like there is probably a part of the national security state uh, that definitely deals with this and they know quite a bit more than what we think they do. And I'm not saying sitting here and saying that they know everything. Right. But they definitely think they have a lot more data and a oh, lot more sure. stuff. Well, cuz they have all the resources, we, you know, they can Well, exactly. I mean, uh I mean, I can't tell you I'll, I'll just give you an example. So, I don't know if you know about Psalm 101. And I know that's been a hotly debated, hotly contested uh document that's kind of along the lines of the MJ12 documents. But in the Psalm 101 stuff because it's about talking about crash retrievals one of the things that says in there and this manual is from 1954 it says if a crash happens in a populated area you must knock out the power to that area so nobody knows what's going on now obviously it's 1954 so the television doesn't work and probably the telephone doesn't work mm -hmm. that way communication comes to a snail's pace and or stops altogether I only say this because, in my opinion, in the 90s, in upstate, not upstate New York, in New York, on Long Island, they implemented this finally, where a UFO got hit with a particle beam. And all I'm talking wacky, but I've looked into this, uh, and I definitely think that we have shot down craft, and they knocked it down over Long Island, and it crashed in a park. And they did. They took out the part, uh, not the the power for this little town, and nobody knew what was going on. Well, when you're on that topic, though, what about there's that huge? And I don't know if you remember this. I think it was 2003. We were just graduating high school the summer, and because I, I remember because we were having huge parties all week because my parents were out of town. But um, <laughs> whoop whoop. Uh, the power the power went out from Detroit yes. the Detroit to New York, and it was down for like a week. Um, yeah. 
or like a few days at least. I can't remember exactly. It was but, like three days, I want to say. Yeah, yeah it was a couple days for so sure. So do you think that that had something to do with that, or do you think that was strictly some mechanical type of error? Well, funny you mention that, because Tom DeLong, of all people, posted either on Instagram. It wasn't Twitter. It was Instagram or even Facebook. Okay. But then he deleted it, where he mentions that 2003 incident, and he said it was definitely a UFO. Okay. I don't know much more than I looked into it. Because that's just people. not New York. I mean, that's the whole, like, Northeast that got. I, 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 I know. Blackout. Well, it started in Canada. It started in Canada and okay. then trickled down to us. It, it happened, like, I want to say around Niagara Falls area. Gotcha. And uh, and lo and behold, I went and looked, and during that time frame, there was a cluster of UFO sightings over Niagara Falls. Hmm. Now, I'm not going to sit here and say Tom is right, because I don't know. That's what he posted, but I think he also deleted it, too. I could be wrong. I can't remember. Sometimes mm-hmm. he posts things and then deletes things. Uh, I know people hate that, but it is what it is. Do you think that's um, on purpose? Like, do you think that's him mm-hmm. going back and saying, oh, maybe I shouldn't have put that out there? Or do you think it's him saying, I want to get this out there, but I want to make it look like, uh, you know, whatever? Well, I, I think part of it, I think it's twofold. I think it's, yes, he gets in trouble for doing that. But also, he just is like me, where he sometimes just can't shut up, and he just wants everybody to know. Sure. But then you go back, and you're like, oh, shit. a little more. Yeah. yeah, you're like, oh, shit, I shouldn't have done that, you know? So, I, you know, it's one of those things where I know people have real problems with that, but it is what it is. I mean, I, I, I know that just with my own stuff, when I learn certain things, it's hard. Because who, who do you talk to? Like, I can't talk to my wife about it. She doesn't really care. The only other people I can talk to is maybe sometimes on Facebook some people. Right. I've got some people on, uh, like, Speed Dial that I can talk to. But really, it's UFO Twitter to a, a lesser extent because some of the stuff is sensitive. Mm-hmm. I can't tell every. I, I, I just got an argument with somebody that says, well, you're perpetuating the secrecy. Yeah, but it's I'd rather keep that relationship than right. burn it to the ground. Yeah, I think I saw you, you tweeted something like I've I, I know this or that, but I'm I'm not gonna divulge it or something. People were like pissed off about it. See, for oh, me, yeah. for me, that's not I that's not how I approach knowledge and understanding. So I don't really when people do that kind of stuff. I think you know I thought that was funny that you did that, but um, for me, I look at things. What do I know, and how do I know it? And I look at I, that's the way I approach things. I like talking to people like you you know, professionals, scientists. I like the whole spectrum and gambit. I like hearing all different points of view. I like hearing how people think. I like hearing their take on it. I like hearing how they've interacted with things. Um, So for me, all information is good information because it helps me discern what I want to keep in my memory box and can, you know, add to the, the good pile or the trash pile, you know, that type of a thing. So, um, when you put stuff out there, I, I see why people would maybe be mad. But if you're on UFO Twitter reading tweets and you think that that's going to give you the answers, well, I mean. Well, I will say this. I mean, I mean, not that there's not good information, but again, you're taking somebody else's word for it as opposed to doing the work yourself. I think true revelation and true knowledge comes from doing your own research. For sure. I mean, that's why like, I don't have a website or don't have a blog or anything like that. On my own, on my, uh, I can't talk. I'm on my own path, sure. my own journey. 
I do work with some people, and that's fine. Uh, I don't work with a lot of people. Yeah, cooperation and, and, and bouncing ideas off of people, I'm not against that at all. I'm just saying strictly that if you're going to take somebody's opinion or something they've researched with no context of how they arrived at that, well, then you're just reading words, you know? Yeah, but I guess, like I've always said to people, I've never led anybody astray or made or made up things or embellished things. I try to be as truthful as possible. And when I screw up, I'll admit it and I'll tell people, you know, like, for example, I and I'm just going to be out with this. I don't really care. Uh, I may get repercussions. I may not. But there's a Swedish researcher, Roger Glassell. He had private messaged me and had said that he had had some trouble with John Greenwald, where Greenwald and him were basically following the same stuff. Greenwald was coming up with one set of, uh, uh, how do I want to word this, uh, notions, and Roger Glassell read it the other way. Right. Two different totally different things to the point where John got pissed at Roger because Roger wasn't on board with what John had said. So I, I said that in a YouTube video and Roger got really pissed because I said that out in public, but I, I, to me that needs to be said though. And I don't hate John Greenwald. I think he's done good work, but I also at the same time think he's gone out of his way on certain occasions where he's really painting himself into a corner with like Lou Elizondo or to the stars. And he now can't extricate himself from that situation. And the only way that he can go forward is to just bash on them no matter what, because that's what makes money. I don't get, I I don't get the bashing thing. We're all in this thing together. Nobody has all the answers. I don't really understand that maybe oh actually I I should say I, I take that back I do understand it but I from being like in my early twenties and not you know what I'm saying it's almost like a maturity thing when you realize that take tearing people tearing people down is not gonna get you what you want it's actually doing the opposite it might get you a little bit of notoriety but the in reality the best thing you can do is to bolster yourself up by using your own research or putting credible information out there or putting things out there that people want to hear that are interested in because that way you don't need to talk shit about anybody because you're standing on your own stuff if that makes sense no i totally agree but unfortunately there's this little thing called ego that gets in the way and everybody i don't care who you are everybody gets it from time to time sure everybody yep and some more so than others so an ego is a dangerous thing. And then also when you're getting certain information that not other people are getting, your ego gets stroked a little bit, you know? Right. And I'll even um, tell you straight up. I mean, I feel pretty good sometimes when I get told certain things that I'm the chosen one versus somebody else. Right. You know, when I get a scoop that nobody even has an idea that that is even a possibility. And I got it because of my hard work or my, I guess my contact with my source and you know, I try to share it with certain people. I don't share it with everybody, but I try to share that with certain people that I wholeheartedly trust to bring them along and kind of like show them that, Hey, I'm going to be doing this. Don't be blindsided when this comes out. 
but it, I don't know. Ego is a real bad thing to. Oh, it is. You know, you, and we talk a lot about it. Yeah, we talk a lot about ego on this podcast, but usually it has to do with um, uh, psychedelics because. <laughs> psychedelics help dissolve the ego um yep. you know i'm sure you've heard people talk like oh if more people ate mushrooms or whatever the world would be a better yeah, place yeah. and i'm not saying everybody should but i don't think that that's a wrong statement either because they kind of you realize that you're not the only thing that your thoughts are not the only things that matter there's a world around you there's people to interact with what you say and do has an effect on people good bad and different um so Again, I think that when we talk about these topics, what you're saying about the egos, it's 100% correct. Nobody wants to look like an idiot, so everybody's going to be hesitant in what they put out there. When they put out, when they put stuff out, they want it to be as credible as possible. They want it to be as you want to be the first person that does it. You want to be the big shot, right? So mm-hmm. um, you see a lot of that. I see it on Twitter and Facebook and all sorts of stuff all the time. I'm not concerned about being first or getting it, you know. Uh, but there's a lot of people that are getting to the punch yeah yeah, getting yeah i'm more concerned about getting it right or having some sort of insightful ideas into the topic you know anybody can uh read a book and talk about it but do you understand it do you understand the flow of it do you understand the the research and the mindset behind it you know like it comes down to all that kind of stuff so um but yeah you know it sounds like Look, you know your stuff. This is obviously your passion, and I, I, I don't blame you from having your own personal experiences. Um, one thing I do want to talk about before we start to wrap it up here is um, how this connects to spirituality and religions and stuff that you know about that. And also, we did discuss on the last episode with Bruce, we started the episode off talking about uh, Dr. Pasalka and what happened with oh, her, 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 <laughs> you twi- want my opinion? Uh, oh, uh, I mean, you don't have to say anything crazy, but just, you know, do you think, Oh she- no, the crazier, the better bring it. Bring uh, well, it down, no, man. cause we, we, we mentioned well, because it because I will get in trouble. I will tell you this. That yeah. I've, don't get, I've don't been- get yourself in trouble, but just then let's just talk about how I'll just say this. Like I said, on Twitter, not all things are as they seem. Sure. And I'll leave it at that. Okay. Um, and again, if people want to hear what we had to say about, it, you can watch the beginning of the last episode we did with Bruce. But um, so let's. But what's what do you think's going on with the connection between spirituality and religion? And I'm not talking about like the people that think these things are demons or whatever. Well, there is an element. I mean, that, I mean, there is an element within the Pentagon called the Collins Elite that that's absolutely what they feel is what we're dealing well, with. Well, but I'm saying that's, that's that's more of the, yeah, but that's more of the conspiratorial people on Facebook that talk about that kind of stuff. It's like, No, that's an actual group. No, no, but I'm you. saying like when in, in public, like when you see people talking, I'm not saying that what you're saying is wrong or that that doesn't exist. I'm saying the perception of it is like these people are kind of crazy. But we should be worried, though, that there's people in power that believe that they literally think that what we're dealing with is demonic in nature and therefore we shouldn't even... And I look, I grew up, I went to Catholic schools a little bit when I was younger and went to church for, and I, do I believe in a, uh, some sort of creator force? Sure. Do I believe that, uh, there's a bearded, uh, guy sitting up on a cloud? No, I, I don't believe that. But, um, when it comes down to this spirituality stuff, I do think that there is a weird, since spirituality and religion, all of the concepts are metaphysical, 
and the UFO thing is metaphysical to some degree. I think there is that connection between that. But what do you think is the uh, like? What do you think is this group that you're talking about? What do you think they're hanging their hat on, and why they believe what they believe? Well, they're hanging their hat on the fact that in the '80s, the late '80s, early '90s, they got burned by whatever force they were dealing with. I mean this in the sense of there was a group of scientists and people at the DIA that were studying the UFO phenomenon. And they apparently thought they were in contact with ET. And it was not. It was demonic in nature. But whatever this demon or demonic entity was, was posing as ET, making it look like they were ET and they were not. So... Some of these scientists interacted with whatever this thing was. And initially it was good, it was ET, and they're communicating and everything. And then slowly but surely, we've heard this too from Skinwalker Ranch, where something gets attached to you, and you go home with it. And then it affects you mentally. Well, one of the scientists ended up dying. I don't, don't, I don't know. I know that you could, like, uh, I know a guy, Ray Boucher, was brought in. He was a pastor. And he was asked to do an exorcism mm -hmm. on these Air Force and DIA guys in the 80s, early 90s. When you say 80s. communicate to, what is, how are they communicating with these? I, I, I want to say it was via computer. Don't quote me on that. It was some kind of electronic device. Though. So what, like, was it the, what are those called, EMF or the frequencies, like how people like listen to like, white no, noise? It was more, no, 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 it was, it was more like a like, supercomputer like, or something like that. No, it was like, well, I don't, again, I, I, the way I've read it and the way I understand it, it was or, more like a, you would ask it a question via keyboard, like Commodore 64, whatever the hell it was during that time, and it would communicate back to you. How do they know uh, that it I, wasn't some other person just fucking with I, them? I, man, you're asking the wrong question to the <laughs> wrong person. I don't friggin' know. I'm just telling you what I've read uh, and from what I know to be true. Sure. This Collins Elite group is definitely in existence. They've come and gone through the years, but their main reason, or one of the main reasons why there's so much pushback at the Pentagon to what Lou was saying, that's why we get all these conflicting reports of ATIP was called this, no, it was called this. Oh no, ATIP didn't study UFOs. Yes, they did. Yeah, like no, they didn't. ATIP. Exactly. That. It's that group, partially, not entirely, but partially, is the ones that said no. We got burned in the 80s and early 90s. We're not doing this again. So therefore, nobody can deal with it. Well, at least it wasn't a Ouija board or something. <laughs> well, you know what? I, who knows? Maybe it was. I mean, if So, but <laughs> my question comes to down to like, uh, so I don't know a ton. The one thing I haven't really looked into with all this stuff is like Skinwalker Ranch and all that. I know it's got kind of more on the paranormal side of the phenomenon. Because it's all connected. All this stuff is connected. Okay, but so if that's the case then doesn't that mean it's not nuts and bolts and it is more metaphysical no, or dimensional? What did, I say or... In the beginning? what did I say in the beginning? It's multiple things. Right, right, right. I, okay. I know you're going to be like, well, that's your opinion. No, no, well, you're, no every, like I mentioned. I, no, I know, I, but maybe you could start to read into, like, maybe I'm trying to 
trying to telegraph something to you guys and maybe trying to like hit the nail on no, the head. No, I, I, I get what you're saying, and I, and I don't disagree with it. And like I mentioned, I know everything's not black and white. There's gray, so there really might be grays. There might be interdimensional beings. There might be all these things happening at once, like you just said. So, And like uh, Skinwalker Ranch, you had an instance where a DIA guy had something attached to him. He went home, got all messed up. And then I know for a fact that, because uh, George Knapp reported on this, there was a special forces soldier that went to the ranch and got messed up. Something attached themselves to that person, and it messed them up quite badly. I would love is- to see a video of somebody smoking DMT on Skinwalker <laughs> Ranch and see what well, happens. Do you, know the story, do you know about the story about the guy who says he was calling to the ranch, like he was called to the ranch. He was some kind of hippie guy. He looked like Jesus. You know, he had a long beard. Okay. He, he said the ranch is calling to him and that he needed to get on the ranch. Well, they said, hell yeah, this this doofus thinks he's going to talk to whatever. <laughs> and they thought this was going to be a great opportunity because whatever reason, for whatever reason, on the ranch, it hates new people. Mm. It hates new people. It just does. And then if you are like this doofus who said it was calling to him, so he he pleaded with, and this is when Bigelow owned the ranch. So he pleaded with the guards, please let me on the ranch, please let me on the ranch. And they're like, no, 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 no. And finally somebody said, yeah, fine, let him on, because we want to see what happens. So he goes onto the pasture. He sits, like, across, uh, you know, cross leg, sits down on where the cows are, and Next thing you know, on their sensors, and again, I don't know what kind of sensors they are. It would have to be forward-looking infrared. Forward infrared. Right. They saw like a, as best described to me, or I had read too, looked like the Predator from the movie. <laughs> Take that as what you will, whatever. They could see it on the sensor. Sure. But you, with a human eye, could not see it. This thing whatever it was, came from nowhere. It just appeared. So they're picking up on the sensor. It goes right up to this guy. Now, mind you, if you're watching with your own eyes, you can't see anything because it's not there for all intents and purposes. It roars at this hippie guy. This guy is scared shitless, jumps the friggin' fence and says, holy shit, Satan, it's Satan, it's Satan, it's satanic oh, my God, this place is bad, and he bolts out of there. And they, the scientists, they were like, cool. That was awesome because <laughs> we hadn't had any activity for a while. That was awesome. So whatever is there. What is, um, is it? Is is it located at some sort of, like, magnetic point? You know how there's, like, ley lines and well, stuff like that? The pile of vertices. Yeah. No, the, the Uton Basin, that whole area of Utah is weird. The whole area of that part of Utah is really weird. I mean, it used to be you, all Native Americans. There is there some sort of correlation? Yeah, Navajo, you think, to actually. Like, uh, well, Na- I do think, even in my own personal experience with the paranormal, I do think Native American has a part to play because I had an experience here in Michigan where I didn't know at the time it was a Native American burial ground, and I had a paranormal experience with my girlfriend, but now wife at the time. Yeah, Michigan cousin. was at the Winnebago tribe. Uh, uh, Anishinaabe. Okay. But, uh, yeah, that, that whole region of Utah is chock full of Native Americans and they know a lot more than we do and they just accept it. It is, it's been here. Uh, 
Dogmen, yep, no problem. They've been here. Uh, E.T., yep, no problem. They've been here. Um, Skinwalkers? See, see, personally, though. We don't even talk about Skinwalkers because if you mention their name, they'll come and kill you. (laughs) That's how scared they are. If you mention Skinwalker, they freak out. If you mention it, they're on the ranch or something like that? No, if you go into the surrounding towns near where the ranch is and you say Skinwalker and you talk to a Native American... They ain't going to be too happy with you. Is there any good books or doc? Because, again, this is just one. I, at first, when I heard about it, I thought it was some sort of strictly paranormal thing. But, I mean. No, the... you have. you. Oh, dude, I can, this episode could be four hours long. <laughs> so, so, <laughs> so, is there any good documentaries or books that about. Uh, the book, Hunt for the Skinwalker uh, by Colm Kelleher and uh, George Yamp is excellent. You okay. get that on Amazon. And then the Jeremy Corbell documentary. I know some people don't like it because they're so into the topic it was nothing super new but if you're new you're gonna be blown away well i think a lot of people what, for whatever reason just don't from his joe rogan stuff just don't like him i don't know why that's well the this is before joe rogan okay stuff. this was 2018 20 i like him he, i like him he, com- I love he, he commented on that. our uh, bob lazar video that we did because i i had pointed something out like made a connection and he pretty much verified that that was correct so yeah he's always been good to me so i'm, I'm not going to talk again shit. i, I, mean, I, I like him there's a lot of people talking shit under the comments on the rogan videos though like oh this guy just needs to be quiet and let bob talk and blah 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 blah. this guy's taking credibility away i don't see it like that this guy made a documentary with with uh what's his face he's probably he's, exci- been, he's excited he to be there too you know like that he was not- literally with bob for a good seven years before bob would even talk to him sure he worked with George Knapp to get Bob to come out of hiding because Bob didn't want to have anything to do with the UFO community. I think the last time Bob Azar even dealt with the UFO community is with uh, George Knapp at the UFO conference in uh, Arizona back in 2015. And that's only because George Knapp pleaded with him. And the more I think Please. about it, the more I actually like the Mickey Rourke uh, <laughs> <laughs> voices in the background over the time. <laughs> what the hell are they hiding yeah. up there? <laughs> Yeah, um, that was. But yeah, I, I uh, but yeah, again, I like him. I, I, I don't have a problem with him at all. I know pe- people just like to say stupid shit and be critical and mean and for no reason. That's just kind of where our culture is at right now. But, um, so yeah, so the spirituality aspect of it. So what do you, what do you think, or what do you know, or what have you heard that connects those other than the demonic thing, which we obviously just talked about. Well, I will say this. I know. For fact, like I know this other experiencer in Michigan, they've had multiple experiences where it was negative and it was not positive whatsoever and it affected their, uh, their family. Okay. And they chose to use prayer and it kind of went away, but not entirely. They also were told by people in the know. This person was very, I mean, uh, maybe I'll, when we're done, I'll, I'll go a little bit more in depth how much people really wanted to know about this person's experiences. I mean, uh, it, if, uh, I can't even talk. If, if you're anybody <laughs> or everybody in the paranormal and or UFO community and you were a real scientist, you knew about this person and you wanted to study this person's happenings at their place because They they had everything. They had triangles. They had entities in the home. They had hooded figures in the home. 
their house basically blew up but didn't catch fire with electricity. And then DTE said, we don't know how this is even possible because it should have burnt to the ground. Yeah. And then you had a military aspect to it. So uh, this person used, I, I, I guess, like, I don't want to be stupid here, but like positive thinking. And it kind of got whatever negative stuff away. But I don't, I'm not, I'll be honest. I'm not, I don't really delve into that. I have Diana Pazalka's book. Uh, yeah, I haven't read I it. Also, I have it ready to go uh, here as my next book. I don't know that I will read it after her tirade, but uh, in any case. Uh, I think you should, man. I think that you should read every, I, I think you should read as much as you can. Because I, I do think. I, dude, I have such a UFO library. I have like over a thousand books. No, I, I'm, not, I'm not I'm not <laughs> doubting that. And obviously you're super knowledgeable about that. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying it's good to know everybody's opinion and the way they think yeah. and why they think that way. I'm, that's all well, my point Well, I've had interactions with Diana, so I kind of know where she's coming from. Okay. Uh, this was back in 2017, early 2018. When she was still on Facebook, and then she deleted it, gotcha. and then she got back on. Uh, yeah, I mean, religion plays a part. I don't know how much. I really don't. I'm not sold on that. I really not. I really. I, I well, it seems like what you're explaining though is a lot of demonic or negative stuff. Is there a positive side to it too, or you don't think so? Oh, for sure. Oh, yeah. There's. I mean, for crying out loud, I mean, if you're Preston Dennett, uh, the UFO researcher from California, he's written a whole book on UFO healings. Okay. Or They've healed people, right? Sure. I mean, look at Travis Walton. He got shot with a beam, and then they basically, now he says that they put him back together. Oh. And that's his take. Yeah, Fire um, in the Sky. That was, that was a creepy movie back in the day when I was like oh, 11 God. or 12. Oh, yeah. You know the background to that, right? It's up there the, with the Mothman. <laughs> well, the Mothman. Uh, no, I'm not saying like, incredibility. I'm saying as creepy films go. Oh, see, I didn't th- think Mothman was that good. I know people are probably throwing tomatoes <laughs> at me, but I didn't feel that it was that I didn't good. think it was bad, but I did think it was creepy. Eh, eh, whatever. I mean, maybe because I've been through, like, I lived some creepy stuff, like, in real if life. If you were to watch it, Mothman now, it would be shitty just because I can't, I don't like watching older movies that are dated with technology. It's just hard to watch now. <laughs> Even old episodes uh, of, like, South I know, Park I gotta and stuff. I got to rewatch it. Maybe Mothman's like a the first of season of South Park. I was a kid like, when I saw it. The first season of South Park, I tried to go back and watch it. I'm like, I can't watch this shit. Show me the new shit. Well, the first episode is probably the best one because it deals with alien abduction. No, I know, but I'm just saying, like, from a technology standpoint, you know. I know, but uh, to answer your question, yeah, I mean, there's positive sides. I mean, mine was negative nor bad, not negative or good. It was just kind of happened, right? And then the paranormal experience I had wasn't negative, but I, the only way I got to calm down was basically I got my then girlfriend, now wife to take her cigarette and break it up and to give a tobacco offering and everything stopped. Mm. So I, I don't know. I think it's, I think with everything, like you've said, there's good, bad, and ugly. And I think that's exactly what we're dealing with is good, bad, and ugly. I think there is some good things and then there's some bad things. Well, yeah. And I also think our minds are so po- our minds are so powerful too. I think that people don't realize how powerful. Like we could be. I think it's possible to manifest some of these things, but Topas? all, but yeah, but but, mean, but but also that they might exist too. You know what I'm saying? You could there could be some connection to be maybe you're calling them, maybe you're acknowledging well, I, them. I mean, here I'll give you a little bit of woo. I mean, I know 
that there's a psychic that can make UFOs come on demand. Mm. Like they can appear on demand. And I've tried multiple times. I tried to do protocols and stuff like Stephen Greer and nothing. I didn't get shit. But this woman, the psychic, next thing you know, they're appearing over Lake Michigan. Wow. And multiple see- people see them. And it's not just her saying, I can make them appear. There's like 10 or 12 people saying, holy shit, you're making them appear. Right. And I want to say vaguely, there was a guy in Las Vegas who called them Yahweh. And he could also make them appear. Well, that's the I don't re- that's the I don't Hebrew remember. word for God of the Old Testament. Well, I know, but I'm just saying there's some... And he was like a wackadoodle guy. He was, right. He's crazy. But he can make them appear. So, I, I, who knows? Yeah, no, again, I, I, I like to, again, hear everything I can about all this kind of stuff. Uh, it's all interesting. I think when you look at... Um, this phenomena there is so many different ways you can go and rabbit holes and this and paths oh yeah um i do i do think though again there's something to be said about consciousness and the way and not even just that these things are illusions or epigenetic whatever memories or vision i think that the way we interact with the universe is not fully understood, obviously. So when you take it to another level and start talking about things outside of ourselves and trying to understand that, it becomes even dicier. So um, you, you do you do a lot of good research. I mean, you've added a ton of uh, um, knowledge on a, a few topics that I thought I knew a lot about that obviously I don't. So. Um, keep doing what you're doing. I do one more thing before we wrap it up here. I want to ask you if where's like some places in Michigan. So like Maurice and I are trying to start working on some documentaries and short videos and stuff like that. Where would, where do you think are some hot spots in Michigan? Obviously we're from there. We go camping a lot in Northern Michigan and stuff like that, but where's, do you know of any areas that are real UFO hotspots? Okay. For sure. Uh, Lake Huron as a whole. Okay. Yeah, is a I've hot spot. Uh, you, I mean, you go back to my dad's sighting where it was near Port Huron, and this thing was so bright, it lit up everything like it was daylight. It was 2 o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. Him and his brother-in-law were seeing it, and it basically blinked out and appeared towards like where Lexington. And Lexington is a good another six miles from where they were. And it blinked out again, went out to the uh, freighter lanes, blinked out, and then dove into the water. Uh, I know that there was a a uh, group of campers just north of Alpena, and I've heard Alpena is a really hot spot. And they were camping, and they saw a USO come out of the water and go into the sky. I mean, I have from the Air Force uh, declassified reports of UFOs flying over Lake Huron, and uh, our jets trying to chase them. So Lake Huron would definitely be a place you want to look where you can start anywhere the thumb you could start up the alpina um lake michigan to a lesser extent but um i've heard some things about lake michigan too lake superior possibly uh i i for me um uh the thumb seems to be the hot spot for whatever reason Mm. you have a place like a skinwalker ranch that, that that state park that i went to you have Saginaw Bay that has had multiple people seeing UFOs, and then farmers have seen multiple UFOs recently. So, yeah, the thumb. So get on it. 
Okay. <laughs> and right. call me when you yeah, do. Yeah, I go there every year. I've never really seen anything, but again, I'm not too. <clears throat> well, not... it's interesting too. There's some people that tie the Saginaw Bay to part of. I don't know if you're familiar with like the Younger Dryas Impact Theory, which roughly eleven thousand six hundred years ago, they believed there was some sort of uh, cataclysmic either meteor or asteroid comet, something along those lines that split off and broke into parts. And they think that Saginaw Bay might have been um, a landing spot for a piece or maybe ground zero. Uh, people that look into, like uh, like I said, the Younger Dryas and the Calif- or the Carolina Bays and that kind of stuff. So that's kind of mm-hmm. interesting. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, thanks again for coming on, Chris. I know you don't do this too often anymore, but we appreciate you coming on and uh, sharing all your, your info and you're obviously well read into this stuff, which we appreciate. And, uh, yeah, thanks for coming on, man. Thank you guys for having me. And uh, do you want to, what's your Twitter handle so people can check you out on Twitter? I don't even remember. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it does, I really, I don't. I'll put the, I'll yeah. put, I'll put the link below yeah. the video. So if people have questions for you or whatever, they can contact you on, uh, Twitter and uh, I know you'll appreciate this, but check out our uh, Patreon at patreon.com slash Mike and Maurice for $2 a month. You'll get exclusive interviews and content. Subscribe to our channel. If you have not already, Um, we've got some good stuff coming up. I'm not going to divulge who we have as far as guests coming up, but I think people that are interested in psychedelics and uh, that kind of stuff will really appreciate. And we also have Laird Scranton coming on, on uh, Tuesday, I believe as well. I have to look at the schedule, but I believe it's either Tuesday or Wednesday. Um, But, uh, Again, thanks for coming on, Chris, and um, we'll talk to you again in the future. Thanks, my man.